0: Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life changing message. Hello. All right, there we go. Good morning. Good morning. You guys made it. Excited to have you with us in church this morning. Uh, can we just give it up for the worship team just so fast? Come on. Let's just give it up for worship excited for what God's doing. We are in a new year and uh, I'm just believing for Jesus to do some incredible things. For those that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive Church and um, so excited. Today is actually my first official Sunday preaching as lead pastor. Come on now. It's a good week. It's a good week. And so I, I'm just I'm just pumped to share this morning, and I, I believe that uh, this today that God's just got a word that's been brewing in my heart really for the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been kind of a crazy week for us. How many know that that COVID's all over the place? <laughs> If you're here, I don't know how you bobbed and weaved it. It's like the Matrix. You know what I'm talking about? Like, even though when I'm surrounded, you know that song. That's how it felt this week, right? And uh, but so grateful to have you with us. Or if you're joining online, do me a favor. Can we just give it up for people joining online this morning as well? Thank you for joining online this morning. And so this is what we're gonna do before we jump into the word. I'm excited because we are launching our theme for 2022. And every year here at Thrive, we have launched a new theme, whether um, it, it, I think a couple were like resolute. Last year was heart and soul. The year before uh, was nothing else. Ascend, what we do is we try to capture just kind of a phrase or a word that would uh, encapsulate the year and, and really let us focus on what Jesus is trying to do. And so as we were praying and as the team was praying, I'm very excited because the theme of this year, and we could go ahead and throw up those slides. That would be great. the theme is this year, and if you could repeat after me, everybody say, it's not over, just getting started. And I believe this is from Jesus family. I really do. I believe that this word is a word for us. And so for the next few weeks, we're gonna go ahead and focus on this theme. And you probably saw the banners outside and the flags as you were coming in. And then at the end of service, everyone's gonna get a wristband like we always do. Don't worry, we didn't forget, okay? Uh, But the way we're gonna do it is we're gonna have two wristbands. This side's gonna get one and then this side's gonna get another. And if you guys wanna trade, that's fine. Or if you want both of them, you can go to the Connect booth. Um, And... I wanna kind of just speak on it for just a minute because what I really felt is that this year, going into 2022, and and what I'm gonna really focus on today is the first part of the theme, but I felt like we had really one theme, but kind of two phrases, because I really felt like part of the theme is for the house, and then part of the theme is for you and your family. And if I could be honest, what I feel like God's speaking to me and and I'm so excited to preach, I really am because I feel like God really gave me this word for for us and, and, and you guys and even myself this morning is that I really feel that God wants to do something special and significant going into the new year. But I really feel that the only way that we're gonna be able to go and do what God wants us to do, family, is we have to let go of the last two years. And so it's not even that I'm really focused on 2022, you know, hashtag new year, new me, like I'm not really into that. Half of us already like broke our fast and stopped going to the gym, let's be honest. (laughs) I know, I know I did. (laughs) So I'll get right back on it tomorrow. (laughs) Because thank God there's grace. (laughs) A lot of grace in Jesus' name. I I really felt this, that... um, God, God is, is, is wanting to always, not just because it's the new year. See, God is always moving forward. The kingdom is always progressing. You know, the, Jesus says in the gospels that the kingdom is always moving and uh, the kingdom suffers violence, but the violence take it by force, meaning that it doesn't matter what's in front of it. God will always reign. God will always rule and God will always do what God wants to do. But I feel like for some reason, the last couple years, there's been a lot of people who've gotten stuck. And I believe that what we're gonna really focus on is that if you can get out of being stuck in this next season, then you'll be able to really do what God wants you to do. And so the first half is it's not over, but the second half is just getting started. Because how many know that for this house, that it's not like it was bad, but that God's just doing a new thing And it doesn't mean that we have to start over, but it just means that we're just getting started. And I believe that's a word for us here at Thrive, that we would remind ourselves that it's not that we need to go ahead and reset, and it's not that we go ahead and need to restart, but rather that we're just gonna keep going and that we're not at the end, we're just at the beginning. And so I really feel, if if I could be honest, with you family, which I'm excited to be because this is, I get to say this is my church now. I really feel that this word has a real prophetic context to it. And so today, my, my, I feel like my assignment in preaching is really to go ahead and let God speak to your heart and your mind. And, 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 and the image that I had is in the same way that Ezekiel in the, book of, in the book of Ezekiel prophesied to dry bones. I feel that this morning, I just gotta release something into the air and to into someone's heart. And I f- hope that today we would begin to just catch just a little bit. It's not just about this morning, but what God is doing in our church and through us and what God wants to do and speak in us. And so I'm I'm just so excited. So do me a favor, stand to your feet. We're going to go ahead and read the word this morning and we're going to go to the Old Testament. Come on, we're going to go all the way to the back and we're going to go to the book of Haggai chapter 2. It's right before Zechariah, just to help some of you out if you don't know where it is. It's only two chapters. And so if you want to have a Bible assignment this week, just say you could read the book of Haggai and it's just an easy homework assignment and you're good. Book of Haggai chapter two, and we're gonna go through verses three and nine. And it says this. It says, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Verse four. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Verse five, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst, fear not. says the Lord of hosts and this place I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts Jesus we pray this morning God we pray as we jump into this word and we get ready for what you have for us I pray that every heart and every mind would be open and then Jesus you would speak to us you would speak to this house and we would declare your goodness your faithfulness and that Jesus, your spirit, would be the strongest presence in this room. We love you, we, we thank you, and in Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. If you're taking notes today, the title of the message is It's Not Over. Go ahead and turn to the person next to you and tell them it's not over. Go ahead, tell them, it's not over. Come on now, it is not over. And I know some of us feel like it's over, but it's not over. Let me just pray for the Raider fans in the room right now. Come on, if you're a Raider fan, you've been living this for the last 30, 40 years. It can be 40 to 5, and at the fourth quarter, you're like, and if they can score two touchdowns and get the fumble and then get the interception, come on, Jesus, it's not over. <laughs> Niner fans, I feel like you give up halfway. I'm just being honest. But that's good. There's some realism there. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what Proverbs said. So, you guys are wise, and we just gonna pray y'all win today. Okay, we we'll just. I know, I know. Pressure Eric's probably so mad at me right now, but that's all right. He, he still loves me. It's not over. It's not over. And and I I felt as I as I was praying, uh, for the message today that that this saying it sounds it could sound really good, but but I feel like there's more depth to it for us. I I am. In the last few weeks, really learning what God is really assigning me to, and and one of the things that I feel in this new season, uh, I've been in this, I've been in the Book of Philippians for the last few weeks, just diving in, and and I I love the language of Paul to his church especially to the, to the church of Philippians, right? And, and, and it's so endearing and it's so affectionate, and he just loves this church. And, and so as I've been praying, I've been asking Holy Spirit, God, would you give me the grace to love my church well? And as I was praying to, to really love this place and to not just the place, but the people. And see, naturally, you gotta hear me. I'm, I'm naturally more evangelistic. I'm just gonna be honest. I, I love preaching. I love reaching people. I love talking about the gospel. I speak really fast. You know you know what I'm saying? Like I just, I'm just all over the place. And, but but I feel that, this, this isn't just really an evangelistic type message. I really feel this is really a pastoral message because I feel that someone in the room today needs to not just hear this as a cool theme, but really needs to get this in their heart that you might have been in a season where you felt like it was over the last two years. You might have been in a season where you feel like it's not gonna happen, that it just feels like you've come to an end. It feels like your back has been against the wall. It feels like there's nothing that you can do to move forward. It feels like you've been trapped. But I came to tell you this morning, whether you're online or whether you're in the room, that I believe Jesus would say to you that it's not over. That it's not over. That the things in your heart and the dreams of your heart and your family and your marriage and all the things that are in your life, can I tell you that it's not over? And so we find in the book of Haggai, right, we find in this beautiful book in scripture that that Haggai is a prophet and the Bible says that Haggai begins to speak to the people of Israel And in this time and the people of Israel have gone through exile. Let me just give you a little brief history to kind of understand the context of what Haggai is saying in this prophetic word. And so for years and years before the book of Haggai, probably for four to 500 years, the people of Israel have been in an in and out relationship with God. You know what I'm talking about? They've been in an in and out relationship with God, that they have had kings. So since the time of of Saul and then David and Solomon, there have been kings and these kings, some of them decide to love Jesus and then some of them decide to not follow Jesus. Some of them decide to serve God and then some of them decide to not serve God. Some of them decide to worship God in the temple and establish godly laws and godly principles. And then the next king will just completely destroy everything. And so what you find in Israel's history before the book of Haggai is this up and down relationship with God. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. You ever been in an up-and-down relationship with you? I mean, not just relationships with anybody else, just you and God. You ever been in a season where you just feel like you can't get it together? And so finally finally because of all the years that Israel has decided to disobey God's laws and God's commandments consistently. And I'm not talking just one shot. I'm talking for years after years and God is sending prophets after prophets and God is raising up righteous kings and then another king falls and the crazy thing is they're all related. Come on. (laughs) Doesn't it feel like that? You're trying to do something right and then God sends you that cousin. And so it gets to the point where the hand of God begins to get taken off of the hand of Israel. And the Bible says that because of this disobedience and because of the lack of consistency to serve God and to love God, that the nation of Israel is now gonna have to deal with the consequences of their sin. Because what we have to understand is that in this context, the judgment of God is not because God hates Israel, but the judgment of God is when God lets you deal with yourself. I'm gonna go to this side <laughs> because sometimes we think that God hates us when things are going bad but in all reality it's not that he hates us it's because he's just letting us deal with the thing we sowed into ourselves and so now the nation of Israel because of years of inconsistency and lawlessness are now exiled, and so the Bible says that because of the years of inconsistency, that Judah, which is where the temple is, with the nation of Judah, that that it's so bad that even the nation of Israel split into two, that there was a civil war, and, and now there's two nations, one is Israel and one is Judah, that the nation of Judah, which was the last part of the nation to get conquered, is now conquered by Babylon. And the Bible says that when Judah gets conquered by Babylon, the temple gets destroyed. That Babylon comes in and wreaks havoc and completely burns the temple. And then what happens next is really sad. What happens next is once the temple gets destroyed and once Judah is conquered by Babylon, that Judah is exiled out of Israel. And so because Judah is exiled, that the nation of Israel is exiled out of their homeland, that no longer are there Jewish people. It's really the start of really this whole even Jewish historical context of fighting for land is that the Jewish people are now exiled out of the land that God promised them. And what happens when you're no longer in the place that God promised you? What happens when your actions and your decisions and the things that you've done have let the hand of God come off your life and because the hand of God came off your life, you are no longer in position for the promise. That is where the nation of Israel is at. But how many of you know that just because you are out of position of the promise doesn't mean that God doesn't wanna get you back into position? And it doesn't matter how bad it was, and it doesn't matter how much you sin, that God in his love and mercy and kindness will take any repentant heart and open doors that cannot be opened and put you back in places you cannot deserve. And this is the story of the gospel that you were lost in sin that you were dead in your trespasses that you my friend were broken and there was nothing that would ever save you because of the things that you did in your life but there was a man named Jesus who came down to this earth who died on a cross who resurrected on the third day and that gave you something you did not deserve Paul talks about it in Romans all the time that this was grace and righteousness that we could not earn and we could not get but because of what god has done on the cross and the resurrection because of the gospel i am now positioned in promise again even though i didn't deserve it and so the nation of israel the nation of israel is exiled and 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 then check this out babylon ends up getting conquered by persia and the Bible says that when Babylon gets conquered, because how many of you know that God, I'm just preaching today, come on now. Come on, come on. That God will handle your enemies even when you feel like they defeated you. <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Because he fights our battles. Yeah. 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 Persia gets, conquers Babylon and then the king of Persia says, Israel, you can go back home. So Israel goes back home, and then now we find the narrative. Now we're at Haggai. See, that was a lot of history real fast, but now we're at Haggai. And the Bible starts calling these prophets to speak to the people of Israel, like Haggai, like Ezra, like Nehemiah. And he says, listen, rebuild the thing that you lost. Rebuild the walls, he says in Nehemiah. And in Ezra and in Haggai and in Zechariah, he says, rebuilt the temple. See, I know it was burned down and I know that it's not there, but I want a temple again. And, And what you have to understand about the temple is that the temple was significant because it was the outward expression of worship and obedience to God for the nation of Israel. In the New Testament, you and I are the temple. That's what Paul says. And so what is God saying to Haggai if we could connect it into this time in 2022 in Lathrop, California, that God would say this, that listen, I know Haggai and the people of Israel that it looks like it's over because the temple is destroyed, but just because it looks like it's done doesn't mean that I'm finished. And if you would go ahead and rebuild... And if you would go ahead and look at something, even though it doesn't seem like it's there, if you can look again, and if you can trust me, and if you can start building what was before, and you would begin to work on the place of worship in your heart and the lifestyle of following me in your life, and you would begin to build your family on me, and you'd begin to begin your workplace on me, and you'd begin to build everything around you centered on me. Look what I would do again and Israel people church I know it looks like it's over but I'm telling you it's not I'm telling you it's not and so Haggai chapter 2 God calls Haggai to tell the people of Israel hey start building again Start building again. Start building again. And and right, it's it, it's it's a real it's it's really beautiful. And my spirit remains in you. Fear not. The gold is mine and the silver is mine. Come on, somebody. Because <laughs> how many know when you broke, it's hard to build. <laughs> Y'all fasting because you just don't got money, not because you know, you know, have you ever been in that season? Everyone thinks you're super spiritual, but you can't afford a burrito at Chipotle. I remember when I was in YWAM, man, they thought I was like the most spiritual one, but nope, the support didn't come in that week. (laughs) I'm just eating Top Ramen for Jesus. And then you try to spin it for Jesus? Nah, you just broke like your bro your 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 bank account don't even want a relationship with you you know what i'm saying he says the gold's mine the silver's not mine my spirit's with you fear not and then he promises this he says and the latter temple the glory of what's coming next will be greater than the glory than what's before And, and, and listen, I, I don't necessarily feel like that's what's happening at Thrive because I feel like Thrive, God's just moving. But I feel like some of you need to catch that and grab that, that what's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you. that I know your, your relationship and your marriage was tough the last two years, but what's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you. I know it's been kind of crazy with your kids, but what's great what's, what's ahead of you is, is greater than what's behind you. I know it's been kind of wild with your family, but what's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you. I know that it's tough at work and I know if I, whatever the case may be but what's ahead of you is greater than behind you and this is God's promise that listen if you would build the temple what's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you because it's not over and so the promise isn't shallow the agreement is this is that listen it's not over however you got to build the house I, th- I think this is where millennial Christianity just really is bad. Because what we've done is we have developed a relationship with God that expects receiving without work ethic and intentionality. But God says that I'll, I'll make the, the, the latter glory former, but greater than the former glory, but it's only gonna happen if you're going rebuild it. Israel. And so I wanna, I want to. can I just, I got nine things I wanna declare over you today. Just speak it over your heart, your family. I don't even know if we're gonna get to all nine. We're, we're gonna try. I told myself, I was like, I am not gonna be like Pastor Eric and have 20 points. And I am. <laughs> but I felt this as I was praying this week, that I, I believe just nine points. I wanna just go through nine points that I would feel would speak over your heart and speak over your life. And in the same way that if we can get to the place where we would choose Jesus again, that I believe these are promises that God would give to us. Number one, we could just go through them and you're gonna wanna write them down and take notes, okay? Number one, it's not over even when others talk. Listen, it's not over even when others talk. You might be in a place and a season where the relationships in your life aren't good, where the friendships in your life have not been good, whether that's hopefully not here. Come on, let's be honest. I believe that here we love everyone and sometimes we're not perfect, but we're gonna get through it. And sometimes people tell you things because they love you even though you don't like it, but that's okay. I'm talking about the stuff, the, the, the really like the death that people can speak over you. You ever been in a season where it just feels like it's over and people are just shouting to you? And even though it's quiet, it might not even be audible. It might just be on Facebook. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I wanna tell you that it's not over even though people talk. I wanna tell you it's not over even when there's chatter in the airways. I wanna tell you today that if you're feeling like it's over because you keep hearing the lies of other people or the lies of the enemy in your life, I wanna tell you that God says it's not over. It's not over. It's not over even if others talk. Number two is that it's not over even when it's dark outside. I wanna tell you right now that if you have been in a season where the circumstance in your life feels overwhelming, it feels like you go outside and you can't see. It feels like when you go outside, it's cloudy. It feels like when you go outside, everything seems like it's confusing. It seems like you have nowhere to go and that the circumstance feels so overwhelming. I wanna tell you that the circumstance will not dictate what God wants to do in your life that even though it's dark outside, it's not over. Everybody say it's not over. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what's going on, that if you would choose Jesus, that if you would trust him and you would follow him and you would serve him and you would work and build the house, right? When you would begin to work on the things on the inside, when you would begin to trust in God and serve God, that even if it seems like everything's surrounding you, I wanna tell you today that it's not over. Number three, we're just going to fly through them. You with me? Number three, it's not over, even if the account is low. Come on now. Even if the account is low. And listen, we're not a prosperity gospel church. I'm not saying name it and claim it. I'm just telling you that it can feel like like finances. When When you feel stuck financially, it can feel like... It's over, it could feel like you're done. I wanna tell you that if you would trust in Jesus and you would continue to do what God's gonna do or what God wants to do in your life and you would continue to serve him, you'd continue to follow him, God's gonna show up. God's gonna show up. And he's not gonna just show up just by magically giving you money in your bank account. He'll be going to send people your way that would be going to tell you how to do this thing the right way. He's going to be going to challenge you to give and to live generously. He's going to begin to walk with you in Scripture, so that way you're financially free. And then, when you start doing all that and it still feels like the bank account is low, let God just do the miracle. I remember. Okay, back to my YWm stories of when we were broke. <sighs> I remember one time, uh, and and I love this story. Uh, It it never happened, but I I, I just thought it was cool. One of my YWAM leaders would talk about, man, you just gotta serve Jesus. You just gotta follow Jesus. You gotta trust Jesus. Especially when you're a missionary, you know, you don't know when the money's coming in necessarily. And I love what my, my YWAM leader used to say. He goes, listen, we're gonna trust God to just provide for us, but it doesn't mean that God can't put $100 in the ego box like in the freezer, like you open up your waffles and bam, there's a hundred bucks. And he he talked about it because in the same story in the gospels where Peter finds a coin in the fish's mouth. And listen, I wanna tell you right now that just because it feels like it's over, that just because it feels like you got no money doesn't mean that it's over that God can put a hundred bucks in the ego box. What does that mean? It's just an analogy. That God can provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's what scripture says. I love that passage. Not your wants, your needs. You know, you don't get to get guac at Chipotle, but you'll get the burrito for sure. I know you want that queso, but it's okay. God will provide all your needs. And so even if you're a season, right, even if you're in the last season where it's felt like financially it's over, I want to tell you that God is going to come through even when it doesn't make sense. You guys with me? Number four. It's not over even if your kids are not home. We've been praying a lot for prodigals this last year. I really felt this so heavy on my heart when we were writing this out. That it's not over, family, even if your kid's not home. And I don't mean home like in your house. I'm, I'm talking home like serving Jesus. I'm talking home like loving God. That your kid, maybe when they were little, used to love kids' church. Or maybe they were a teenager and they used to come to this altar, some altar, whatever church you used to go to maybe and for some reason, maybe even because of this COVID season, they've decided to drift and go away from Jesus. I I came to tell someone that it's not over. That it's not over. That although it can feel like it's not gonna get better, although it can feel like they're totally lost, it doesn't matter that it's not over. And that if we would just trust Jesus and we would build the house, if we would still work on the things that God wants us to work on, if we would begin to do the things that God wants us to do, let him do it. Let him bring your kid home. I pray right now in Jesus' name. Come on, can we pray together? I pray right now for that son. I pray right now for that daughter. I pray right now for that niece. I pray right now for that nephew. I pray for the person watching online that they would come home, that this year would be the year where they're at this altar or they're at a youth night or they show up to a conference or they show up to a Thrive group and that God would begin to work in their heart again. And that we would not lose faith and we would not lose hope because when Jesus is involved, it's not over. It's not over. Number five. Y'all good? I know we could just do the altar call now at four. Come on. Number five, it's not over even if it doesn't make sense. What what a season for some people the last two years of hopelessness. I love that Jesus comes to bring hope. I wanna tell you that even though it doesn't make sense, you might have gone through some really tragic things. Maybe, maybe not even the last two years, maybe just your entire life. Maybe you're in this room because your crazy friend invited you to church and you just for some reason decided to show up today and maybe your life's been crazy and horrible, and maybe you've gone through some things, and maybe it's been really hurtful, and maybe there's been some tremendous suffering and tremendous pain. I came to tell you that even though it doesn't make sense, it's not over. That God has not called you to be a victim but that God has called you to be a son and a daughter and that Jesus would change your life forever if you would trust him and and if you're a person who follows Jesus in this season if you've gone through some things that God I just don't understand it doesn't make sense I want to tell you that he's still moving and he's still working and he's not done because it's not over it's not over and sometimes it doesn't have to make sense. I believe that the greatest miracles are the ones that don't make sense. Because God has to be God. Sometimes it just has to be God. Sometimes you can't conjure it up intellectually. Sometimes you can't conjure it up emotionally. Sometimes you can't make it work all together for your good. He's gotta make it work together for your good. I don't know I don't you might disagree, but I just think when we try to make it all up and everything's all humanistic, that's just like boring Christianity, you know what I'm talking about yep. Yep. to believe in a gospel and a God that doesn't intervene and show up. I just it just sounds kind of whack. I'm just gonna be honest. To believe in a God who shows up even when we don't deserve it. And to believe in a God who shows up even when it doesn't make sense. And to believe in a Jesus that shows up even when things are tough and crazy. To believe in a gospel that is supernatural and miraculous in all areas of life. Whether that's uh, a miracle from heaven or just someone next to you telling you they love you and encouraging your heart. And you know you needed it. I just love that God moves in all ways and he's not dead. Number six, we got a couple more. It's not over even if you're in the grave. Listen, the last two years, some of y'all sinned really bad. You messed up. Like bad, bad. And you know what you did. And you dug yourself into a grave. The Bible says in Romans that sin is the wages of death. But the gift of God is eternal life. As some of you have gotten to a place where the last two years, you're doing things you know you're not supposed to be doing. And you've, you've used, you have used COVID and the circumstance as an excuse to fall into the thing that God saved you from. I love you, but you went back to Egypt. And I wanna tell you that you probably feel right now like you are in a grave where it feels like you are dead on the inside and the sin of your life has overcome you. But I wanna tell you that just because that happened, if you would give it to Jesus and turn away, God loves bringing dead things back to life. For Bible says we have been raised up in Christ crucified with Jesus, raised again with Jesus. What does that mean? That although my sin was red as scarlet, Psalm says, by his blood and his grace, he turned it white as snow. That just because you've sinned doesn't mean you gotta stay in sin any longer. That you could turn away from it. That God forgives you and he loves you, but you gotta stop doing the thing that you're doing. You got to leave the thing that you were doing you got to leave it where it is you got to stop some of you got to go home and throw away your computer some of you got to go home and get a dumb phone some of you got to go home and and tell that person i'm not going to talk to you anymore some of you have to go ahead and throw some things away that you know you're not supposed to have in your house some of us got to get out of the grave and let jesus do what he wants to do in our heart it's not over even if you put yourself there it's not over Three more. It's not over, even if your house is divided. Some of us have had a divided house. It's been hard. Come on, the last two years, it's been hard. Some of us, some of us have been going through some things. I tell you, it's not over. That God can do it. Come on, let me speak to the marriages in the house real quick, that God can do it. But you don't have to stop fighting. Now, I'm not telling you to stay married if it's unhealthy and abusive and crazy. I'm not not telling you to do that, okay? Every circumstance is different, but in general, the devil hates your marriage. I think of myself and my wife. The enemy can destroy my life and my calling in any way. The first place it would be is my marriage. And some of us either have let it in or man, it's just feel like a bombardment and an attack on our family. And it's felt like our household has been divided. Can I tell you that it's not over, even if it is. That what God can join together, let no man separate. And that if we would trust and choose and love Him, watch what He can do. It's not over even when the report is bad. It's not over. And I don't know what kind of report you have, but it's not over. And even if it sounds really, really bad, to the point where there's no return one God can do a miracle and two God can use your life now and you can have more of an impact now than you've ever had before and so it doesn't matter what the doctor's report or the financial report or whatever report came through the business report it doesn't matter that just because the report is bad doesn't mean that it's over And doesn't mean you have to lose your heart and lose your faith and lose your relationship with Jesus. Doesn't mean that you have to lose all hope that it's not over. Last one. It's not over. Come on, everybody say that. It's not over. over. Last one, if you could throw that last one up there. It's not over, even if you do not feel it. God, I, I have trusted you. But for some reason, this last few years, I just, I can't feel anything again. I can't sense anything. I feel lost. I want to tell you that just because it feels like you're lost doesn't mean that God's given up on you. Family, it's not over. It's not over even if you do not feel it. And i want to get this in your heart and maybe some of us there was one thing in there that it's like man i'm gonna hold on to this here i'm gonna really grab a hold of that one maybe for some of you it's all nine that's okay that's cool we're gonna pray with you for all nine but, for one of, for, but but I'm gonna hold on to one of those, that it doesn't matter if my kids aren't home. It doesn't matter if the bank account is low. It doesn't matter if it's dark outside. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter if I don't feel it. It doesn't matter what the report was, that Jesus, I know that it's not over. That it's not over. That it's not over. Some of us gotta repeat this again and again in our hearts. of our lives that it is not over and let it speak into us and let it remind us and let it challenge us and let us call us higher to what god wants to do in our life because the bible says that The latter glory will be greater than the former glory. And I want to believe that that's what Jesus is going to do in your life. That's what Jesus is going to do in your family. That's what Jesus is going to do in your heart. Stand to your feet with me. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at ThriveLathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.